Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, my name is Louise Greenwood, and I'm Director of Education and Training for Wessex LMCs. And I'm very delighted that we've got Lisa Harding with us, one of our Directors of Primary Care, and Dawn Chowcraft, our Deputy Director of Primary Care. So I think we're going to um, crack straight on, um, Dawn, with you, and we're going to go to um, a little bit of clarification, aren't we, today? Yes, thanks, Louise. Um, we had a comment um, two, three weeks ago, I think it was on one of our webinars, um, something about cash flow and um, how much people were going to get by way of the COF 70% aspirational payments. Anyway, we um, did get to the bottom of that um, and discussed with the uh, person that actually put the comment on there. But we thought it was probably worth pointing out, just to clarify, um, your aspirational, your COF aspirational payments um, are or will be 70% of last year's unadjusted achievement payment. However, in the SFE, there is a second option. Uh, you do have the option to discuss with the commissioner, and it does say the aspiration payment actually can be agreed with NHS England or your commissioners on the points that you're aspiring to achieve. Um, now, you might want to consider looking at that if you're unadjusted achievement payment last year was lower than normal because obviously 70% of what you normally do then your cash flow uh, payment coming in each month at the moment might be a bit lower than you might might have expected however word of caution and I'm sure you're already all there anyway if you do actually discuss with the commissioner and agree that you are going to aspire more points and your aspirational payment each month will be higher you have then got the issue at the end of the year if you don't achieve those points. And I'm sure you know there would then be a clawback. So there, there is just a little watch point there. But that was will hopefully clarify what your aspirational payment each month either should be or could be. Thanks, Louise. That's helpful. Thank you, Dawn. Um, just going on to reminder now for um, smear takers, um, and your nurse might well be aware of this, but we had a query into the office which surprised us and we found out a little bit more information about it. So just to let you know that there is an expiry date of the liquid-based cytology vials, and just be aware that um, ensure that at least 14 days until the expiry date on the vial before you take the sample. So there is a, there is an expiry date on, this, on the vials and it's important that there's at least two weeks gap before that expiry date come, comes into effect. So just, just a warning to you and your nursing teams in case you were not aware, we've got a link to more guidance which we'll send out with the podcast. I think Dawn, you're going to do a little demo for us now on futures. Absolutely, yes. So I'm just going to share my screen. Looking good so far. Yep, that's looking absolutely fine, Dawn. Lovely. Thanks, Louise. OK, yes. So we often mention the future NHS platform um, and a few practice managers have, have often said, oh, I've, I've kind of kind of joined but not used it or I'm not really sure or can't really get started at all sometimes because there's a kind of a little barrier, I guess, at the beginning because you do need to sign up for an account to use it. Um, I, I promise you it is quick and easy. <laughs> I know, probably say that about too many things. But anyway, if you wanted to consider having a look on the platform, um, it is owned and managed by NHS England. So it's a safe space. They say it is safe and secure. And that's why they ask you to um, set up an account to get in there. Um, so here we are. Here's the screen that you will see if you do actually Google Future NHS. This is the screen to get started on. And you would 
sign up here to get an account. Obviously, I've already got one, so I'm going to go straight in. And then what I'm going to show you first is, is the kind of homepage, if you like. And here it is. So I'm going to only just give you a very, very tiny whistle stop tour today. Um, just if those of you that are interested in having a look and perhaps getting started in one or two platforms, as they call them or channels. So here on the home page, first of all, it shows you uh, get started. If I click on that, there is actually uh, a few bits and pieces in here to help you. Um, and actually, if we then visit the training area, there's a video as well. If you wanted to consider watching the training video, I'm not sure about that. I had a look. I gave up. It was 55 minutes long and decided to have that hour of my life back anyway. Um, but nevertheless, if you wanted to, it's there. So here we are back at the beginning on the home page again. Uh, there is an FAQ. We all love one of those probably. And there are some support resources as well. So once you're started, you're then going to say, OK, so what workspaces do I join? Do I want to join? Have I already tried to join? Um, there are 303 the last time I looked workspaces to join they're not all for primary care because this covers the whole of the NHS but just again as a whistle stop I've got some workspaces here I'm just going to show you I've got a few the one perhaps there's one here uh, called PCNs and practice support hub and here we are once you're inside one of those channels and you've joined um, one of the things in this particular channel under communications you can find all the GP practice webinars that NHS England do. I think during COVID they were doing them every week, but I think they've gone back to once a month now. Um, there's the 4th of May. That was the last one they did. And the next one is next week, a week after. Um, so if you wanted to go in and have a look at the webinar later on, you don't have time um, when it's normally on, you can go in and you can either have a look at the slides or you can actually look at the webinar itself. You'll see there's slides and the recording there. So that is getting started and that's the spaces. Now, the only other place that you might want to have a look at once you're in, it's called my dashboard. It kind of says all what it does on the tin, but what it says down here is find a workspace. So if you go into the dashboard and go looking for a workspace, cause you think oh, I haven't got a clue what's in there. Would I be interested? Um, and here we go, find a workspace. And this is where you'll find the 303 there you go. <laughs> I won't go through them all. But like I said, to get you started, I guess uh, I, I find the piece in the practice support hub was quite good, particularly during COVID. But, you know, like I said, for the webinars now, the weekly or monthly rather webinars that NHS England do. There's also one on primary care workforce, um, a whole raft of um, uh well, information, they sometimes have documents, uh, templates, that kind of thing. And with most of the workspaces, uh, the other one I was going to look at was digital primary care. Bearing in mind, we've got a lot happening lately with um, online access. There's you quite a raft. I'm not, I'm not going to go through it all. There's, there's honestly too much in there. Um, but one in particular that we mentioned very recently, a new one, vaccination and screening. Your practice nurses might like this to have a look just to, to dip in now and then. We've got the vaccination programs, screening programs. There's also a button here for CHIS. Um, and one of the things I found in here, it was, no, it wasn't in there. It was, 
Oh, I can't find it now. There you go. <laughs> okay, so vaccinations and screens. There is a way of contacting all, it gives you all the information for the various, oh, there it is, escalate an issue. If you need to escalate any issue, you've got all the contacts here from around the country, but also for your own areas, southeast, southwest, and then over on the side here, the various contact supports. And I thought maybe practice nurses might find some of that useful. The other thing that a lot of these channels have as I said before, it's a discussion forum. If you, anybody wants to ask a question, um, <clears throat> this one in particular, as you'll note, and this is important, says, please note this forum is not regulated or monitored by national colleagues. Some of them are. Um, so that's something to watch out for. Useful in some instances, maybe not in others, but that's something to watch out for. But, you, you know, you can ask questions um, and often you will get a reply um whether it's helpful or not who knows but that is just my little quick whistle stop tour um i hope i haven't talked too fast there there's so much in there um but at least you've got the opportunity perhaps to get started and have a look if you think that somebody perhaps in the practice might find it useful and that's all i think louise i'm going to stop sharing Thank you. That was really useful, Dawn. And that was in response to um, a practice manager who just said, I've heard about NHS Futures. You mentioned it sometimes on the update, and I'm not really sure what it is. And from our team, Dawn is absolutely the expert on NHS Futures. And I think that's interesting. We said that you have to obviously be a little bit, a little bit careful. Some of the information's on there. Um, and I like your comment about national, co uh, some some of them are being reviewed by national colleagues and some, some of them aren't. Um, but there's obviously a huge source of information on there and it's very helpful to have some of the um, misdispelled by looking around it with you. So thank you, Don. That was really very helpful. Um, Lisa, we're going to come to you now. Oh, um, oh Jen is also putting a comment in. You can subscribe to the channel to get a summary update email to you for the bits that interest you. Absolutely, you can. Um, it's one of these things, isn't it? Sometimes you sign up for something and then you get so many emails. And if you're not careful, you end up ignoring them. So I think it's one of those things to be discerning with. Um, but obviously, there's lots of resources there that can be very, very helpful. Um, Lisa, we're going to come to you now about MedCert and SARS. Yes. Uh, th thanks, Louise. So this is re regarding firearms requests. Um, so we were alerted by one of our um, the, one of the DPOs working across Wessex that I think MedCert are emailing some practices possibly where there are firearms applications underway. Um, and the email from MedCert says something along the lines that they've been in discussion with the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, who's confirmed the correct interpretation of the guidance as it applies to their specific business. Um, and they're saying that ICOs also looked at guidance from the Home Office and from the BMA. So the summary uh, that they're setting out from the ICO is that a SAR from MedCert for the purposes of preparing firearms licensing report is a valid SAR, should be honoured in full and without a fee being required. Um, so they've quoted the ICO and given the, given the case reference if people want to look it up, so I think it is available online. Um, they're saying that they, MedCert, are considered a valid third party for the purposes of SAR, and that the ICO has said that the UK GDPR doesn't prevent an individual from authorising a third party to make a SAR on their behalf, which I think is 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 quite important because that's often hotly debated. And I think it is still being hotly debated at the moment. Um, and they also say that a SAR from MedCert should not attract a fee. 
Um, so I guess the bottom line is we're waiting and seeing. We've sent the, the information on to the BMA just to ask them to come back to us to advise. So it was really just to give people a heads up in case they get an email from MedCert. We are asking for further guidance from the BMA on their interpretation and guidance. And as soon as we get something back, we'll, we'll update it at the next webinar. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, Lisa. So if anybody is in conversation with MedCert at the moment, would you suggest they might want to contact us if, they, if they're unsure about how to proceed? Yeah, just in case we've heard back. Yes, absolutely. Or their DPO. Yes, absolutely. Good. Thank you, Lisa. That's helpful. I just wanted to draw people's attention to a couple of webinars that might be of interest. Um, for, these are NHS England webinars. So one is on accelerating patient online access safeguarding um, update this coming um, this coming week, 12 till 1 on Wednesday, the 31st of May. Um, I know a lot of people are anxious about um, GP data programme and um, safeguarding, and it's all about risk reduction, supporting those in primary care, including GPs, and safeguarding leads to deeper knowledge of the new GP contract and deadline therein. This is all about patient online access, the reporting mechanisms for safeguarding incidents and improving efficacy and issues identified through the reporting mechanism. So that's Wednesday, the 31st of May, 12 till 1, um, a, a, a um, access webinar on safeguarding. So I think G might be useful GPs, make people have safeguarding leads within your practice. And I know safe, some of you have safeguarding administrators that also might be really worth um, dialing into. And from what we saw um, earlier on the, on the Futures podcast, um, webinar that's, um, presentation that um, Dawn gave us, hopefully that it will be on the Futures um, platform later to look at online afterwards, we hope. And finally, this the Wednesday, the 14th of June, four till five online registrations. So there's a there's a GP surgery service webinar all about NHS app integration, catchment area checks and available options for getting patient registration information into your clinical system. So, again, that might be something that would be interesting for you. 14th of June, four till five. And then finally, final little update, we're just aware that um, EMIS were taking away a panic button. Um, and I think EMIS users would have been aware of this. And the, some practices said, you know, we absolutely use this. This is very useful to us. So there have been prolonged discussions with NHS England and the BMA. And they're pleased to announce that um, although the 29th of September, they're planning still to remove the button, if, if practice do want to keep it, they can sign a disclaimer and they can they will then be able to retain the button. So I think all the EMIS practices will be aware of this. They will have had information or EMIS will be contacting you. But that was just about the panic button on EMIS. And as I say, discussions have meant that that won't be taken away if you do want to keep it. So, um, Lisa, I think we're coming to you now. No, we're not. We're coming to Dawn about clinical, clinical system appointments. Thanks again, Louise. Yes, so some of you may have seen the um, NHS uh, primary care bulletin that comes out each week, and there was something in there uh, last night, particularly um, around recording and reporting appointments in general practice. Um, <clears throat> it says there is a new functionality now available in your GP systems to allow users to record the methods, or sometimes called mode, um, of an appointment, and this is to help improve data in general practice. Um, recordings. So system users will now be able to select one of the standardised method options for every appointment, either face-to-face -face, um, home visit or face-to-face -face surgery, 
telephone audio, video with audio, written, including online. And then there's another option, not an appointment. Um, it does say um, that practices should refer to their individual um, guidance provided by their system suppliers for further details. So I'm sure that's probably something you you might all be perhaps aware of. But um, just to say your system suppliers should have um, all the details on that. Thank you. Thanks. I think it's me next. Yep, great. Um, just a couple of items about PCSE. Um, first one, in April, P the PCN DES practice participation pay payment was made um, based on the January 22 list size, when actually it should have been based on the January 23 list size. So we understand that PCSE are in discussions with both the tech team and NHS England about making the correction, date to be confirmed, um, and they'll send out comms when, when an update is available. So that was just in case people were aware to make them aware. Um, and the second one that I just really wanted to mention was um, I've had a couple of uh, emails through just this week, actually, from practice managers saying that they've had an email from PCSE um, telling them that they, they haven't submitted their estimate of pensionable profits for 23-24 by the deadline date. Now, both of these practice managers keep a log um, and they were confident that they had uh, submitted them in time. One went back to PCSE um, via the complaints email um, and then received a response to say, actually, we've looked into the matter that um, about the, the email that you received. It was an automated email, which is just meant as a reminder in case you hadn't submitted the relevant forms. Therefore, if you have submitted, you can ignore. So it's just not ideal at all. Um, it's giving people sort of mixed information. Um, so it may just be worth double checking. If you do get that email, it may well be that you did submit on time, um, but you may just want to double check with PCSE. I'll go by the complaints. Any problems, let us know. We're happy to pick it up. Thank you. Yes, one of our um, practice manager supporters was saying that actually the complaints email seemed to be quite effective with PCSE. Um, sadly, but if that gets the answer, then that's okay, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yes, Ben, important to note, the EMIS disclaimer states that the panic button may not work and EMIS won't be liable. So I think that what when the 29th of September comes, there'll be a disclaimer that practice will need to sign, and I expect it will say exactly that. I think there's a, a concern about worrying too, um, relying too much on that particular piece of software. Um, can we give the complaints email for PCSE? I'm sure we can. Um, we'll do that in a minute. Um, so we'll absolutely get back to you on that one. Um, Dawn, I think we're coming to you for a couple of items about vaccines. Yes, thanks, Louise. Um, it's uh, shingles. It's just a reminder um, because the shingles cohorts and dosing and everything this year or with the changes in the contract are actually quite complex. Um, and we've had one or two queries. So we thought it might be worth just giving a little reminder. Um, the new cohorts and doses or dosages are from the 1st of September 2023. The original programme that's continuing that we all know about Already, the 70 to 79 year olds carries on the same. But as we know, there are new cohorts, but that is a, the, the new cohorts are staggered. Um, and I'm not going to try and explain them here because it will become probably far too complicated, really. Um, I think probably far better than that. I'd like to direct you. I've put it in the chat bar to our Vaccinims webpage. And on there, we have um, set out the new details for the Shingles programme um, and included in there uh, from our lovely friends at Southeast East um, 
IMSS and screening team at Public Health, uh, they've done a flowchart, um, a one-page flowchart, and actually I'm hoping you might find that quite useful, um, but it's there on the, our webpage and you can download it, print it off if you think that will be useful. Um, and last, but by no means least, I'm sure some of you already know, probably all of you, the annual flu letter is here. Woohoo! Um, so yes, the annual flu letter landed yesterday um, and it does confirm that the healthy 50 to 64 year old group are not included this year. Um, I think that's probably the, the headline we need to take from that at the moment. If you want to have a look at your flu orders, did you include them? Do you want to amend and update your uh, flu um vaccines that you've ordered with the manufacturer you might want to consider that but we have a flu web page um, a small web page that we've already started um, so if you just type in flu to our search box on our web website or oh, actually I think we've got it on the home page already now as well uh, yes no we haven't sorry no flu on our search box and it will come up and the annual flu letters there if you want to take a look in a little more detail Thank you very much. I think that's all, Louise. Thank you, Dawn. Yes, and I, I think that just that the um, shingles um, information came to us. One of our trainers was saying that they were aware of practices, getting a little bit keen and perhaps um, starting a little bit before they might, might might be sort of supposed to, really, with the payments. Um, so that's really why we wanted to bring it up um, again today for you. So I don't think there's anything else. I think we've covered most of these. We've managed to give you the um, hopefully all the links that you need, as ever, don't hesitate to contact us if there's anything as you'd like. So thank you very much from Dawn, from Lisa and from me. And um, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope you are able to get out and enjoy the sun. And we will see you again very soon. Thank you. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.